In the early 1950s, when I was a small child, at Bethany Presbyterian Church in Sacramento, the Sunday school rooms all had pictures of various and sundry Bible stories. I'm sure there was a picture of Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Do you remember this kind of picture? I see Jesus in a white robe with a red cloak, carrying a docile, snowy lamb across his shoulders. And I knew if Jesus had, had come to life in that picture and was standing there, he would have smelled like freshly uh, laundered sheets that have been dried on the, on the clothesline outside. Remember that smell? I have to tell you that even as a child, I was impressed. I was a bit of a tomboy, so I had trouble keeping clothes clean. Uh, but I was, even as a child, I was impressed that, that Jesus' clothes were never dirty or torn or even a little bit messy or wrinkled. In the late 1960s, my friend Susan and I were at her parents' sheep ranch in Garberville. That's a fur piece up US 101. First time I went, I thought it really didn't exist. It was only a figment of her imagination and that I was never going to get there. We had come from a long weekend away from teaching school in the Central Valley. It had rained for a week, maybe two, but Saturday morning dawned bright and clear with sunshine and blue sky. Susan's younger brother, Ken, offered to let us go with him when he went to check on the sheep. Off we went in the Jeep over muddy logging roads to see what we could see. When we were about as far from the house as we could go, Ken spotted an old, wet, woolly ewe that had fallen over. Now, a sheep in its winter coat, and a wet winter coat at that, cannot get up if she falls. She will exhaust herself trying and eventually die. Well, Ken climbed out of the Jeep and grabbed that ewe by the scruff of her neck and at the base of her tail and repeatedly pulled her to her feet. But she was too weak to stand by herself. After much swearing, he tried a different tactic. He spotted a small culvert with a steep bank on one side and, and he moved a small log to the other side of the culvert and plopped the ewe down right between them so that she was supported by the bank on one side and the log on the other. That way, the sun could help to dry her wool, and if she could regain her strength, she could free herself easily. You know, when Ken climbed back into the Jeep, he didn't look anything like Jesus in that Sunday school <laughs> picture. He was wet, and covered with mud and smelled of wet wool and sheep poop. Now, we had spotted quite a few sheep on our rounds that morning, and I knew that Ken and Susan's dad had lots more sheep, but this one was the one in trouble, and Ken was determined that that old ewe would at least have a fighting chance to make it to spring. The lectionary for the Easter season gives us resurrection appearances for the first three Sundays of Easter. And for the Sundays in the last half of the Easter season, we are given very different lections. 
The fourth Sunday of Easter is always Good Shepherd Sunday, featuring the imagery of Jesus the Shepherd. And the Gospels for the remaining Sundays are filled with final instructions, Jesus saying goodbye. The late Easter Sunday Gospels form the foundation for the formation of the early Christian community. They give us those overarching operating principles for the church. In the ancient Near East, the skillful and compassionate shepherd was the archetype for both gods and kings. In Israel, the shepherd king filled both a pastoral and a political role. The model king was one who would actively intervene to protect and secure his people, especially the poor and needy who lacked adequate resources to guard their own lives. The shepherd king always worked for the good of his people, anticipating and supplying their needs, ensuring that they had what they needed to lead safe and productive and fruitful lives. Do I need to tell you that the kings of Israel failed to live up to this paradigmatic role? Despite the failure of their human rulers, the people of Israel continued to long for such a shepherd king. Israel's scriptures speak often of the good shepherd. In the book of the prophet Ezekiel, God assumes the duties of the shepherd, the one who leads, guides, feeds, protects, and seeks the lost sheep. When Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he takes up God's mission and links himself with God's redemptive work in the world. I am the good shepherd becomes a claim of divine status. And in this text, Jesus claims power over life and death and maybe even, maybe even be claiming to be an agent of his own resurrection. The statement is indicative of his relationship with God, the complete union of father and son in the work of salvation. The imagery of the model shepherd was one of multiple images the early Christians used to make sense of Jesus' death and resurrection. Jesus, the good shepherd, knew the cost of protecting the sheep and willingly paid it in accord with God's goal of the ultimate protection of the sheep. And at the same time, the early church saw in this imagery God's love and care for them. The shepherd is one who cares for the flock, and the shepherd and sheep know each other. This knowledge is not something abstract, but realistic, concrete, and grounded in love and mutuality. The early church knew that the risen Christ was the protector and guide to those of faith. In the Revelation to John, we read, They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to the springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This passage often used at funerals, could be a hymnic reflection on both Psalm 23 and the Good Shepherd passages of the Gospel of John. So what's the take-home message for us? 
how do we both individually and as the church today appropriate these concepts for ourselves? First of all, on a personal level, the life of faith, like life itself, is a journey. A journey that requires sustenance, protection, spiritual health, and guidance along the way. While our needs change as we grow and mature, we never outgrow the need for shepherding. The message of Easter is that Jesus is with us and will never let us go. The image of the Good Shepherd can be a powerful image for us as we hunger for connection in a society that values individualism and secularism. We all experience moments of loneliness, isolation, and hopelessness, and yet our emptiness and anxiety can be eased because we have one who knows us and cares for us, is willing to die for us, and is our constant companion. The members of the early church knew this both for themselves and as part of the fledgling Christian community. The shepherd cares both for both the lost sheep, the individual, and the flock as a whole. And as Christians, we need to attend to ourselves both as individuals and as part of the community of faith. Forming authentic community is hard work and requires commitment and vulnerability. The promise of the gospel is that each time we gather as God's people, bringing all of who we are, we share in the grace and mercy available to us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. So this week, remember Jesus, the good shepherd, and Ken, the modern shepherd. Life isn't always neat and tidy, and often we end up soaking wet and covered in mud. But the Good Shepherd is there with us and is not afraid to get dirty. Christ is risen. Christ is risen.